The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Shop all things Jerry Johnson at therealcherry.com. Welcome to Cherry's World Podcast. It is season four. Thank you for still being here with us. Thank you for supporting me and thank you most for growing up with me. I am your host, Cherry Johnson, and that is my co-host and the show's producer, Mr. Courtney Blackman. I got to tell you a little backstory on why we're doing this show today. It's a little punky trivia. So Courtney asked me season one if the lady who played my cousin on Punky Brewster was really my cousin. Then we asked if we still talked. Well, if you know anything about Punky, honey, we're all family. We all stay in touch and we all love each other. So what I did was I picked up the phone and I called my cousin, who happens to be homegirls, with Miss Vicki Larry. I haven't talked to Vicki in many years, but we do stay in touch. And she is a close family friend. So without further ado, please welcome Miss Vicki Larry to Cherry's World Podcast. Thank you so much for growing up with us. Grab a drink. This one's going to be good. The only podcast coming through your beat stereo is Cherry's World, so let's go around like a merry-go. Plug your phone in, make sure it got a full battery. Download it Wednesday, listen to it Saturday. She cover all topics, whatever you after. She got ballplayers, authors, doctors, actors, rappers, singers, entrepreneurs, divas, leaders, androids or Apple, turn up your speakers. Trying to shoot my shot like the vaccine, whether it's Cherry or Maxine, whether the podcast or acting, she that queen. PYT, you know what that mean. Saw you on TV and touch the screen, touch on you. I plead Lucy has got a crush on you. It'll mean the world to get a blush from you. Teaspoon to me, leave you sleep like Robert Tussin. So just so you know, Vicky, I uh when we started the podcast, one of the first things that Courtney asked me was, Do you still talk to your cousin from Punky? Uh, no, it was him that asked that. And I was like, Yes, and I was like. Of course, I know how to find her. We know how to find her. Yeah, we know how to find her. And he was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. I was like, that's the homegirl. Yes. And so, in season four, right, Courtney? Yep. 
And we finally got you. Not because it was hard to find you. Wait a minute. So you guys have been doing this for four seasons? Yes. What? It is season four. I know you saw my little ghetto uh, hookup ponytail. Oh, so wait a minute. So like the content of this podcast, what, what, what are the demographics of this podcast? Is it just it, everyone? It is everyone, but mostly it is 35 to about 55. It's the people who grew up with us, really. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah, that are still watching us. I think we're like 65% women. Right. And the other percent men. People, when they find out I had anything to do, matter of fact, my neighbor, I was walking my daughter's dog last week. And my neighbor said, what's that show you said you did a long time ago? Um, this is my neighbor, the neighbor for 18 years. I'm like, how do you even remember that conversation? He's like, I was telling my, my um, niece here, when I mentioned Punky, she flipped the hell out. What? Girl, she was taking selfies with me like I was you and Punky. I was like, um, she was like, please. And I'm like, sure, sure thing. They love that show. They do love that show. And you know what? For I need to give you your flowers because we're friends. Like we're real friends. So we don't talk about stuff like that. But at least once a week, somebody asked me about you. So that Yeah, that show was really memorable. I don't know if you realize that, but people ask me about you all the time. And I'm That's so crazy. caught up with like the real you. That's crazy. A freaking one episode here, you've done a billion. Like, that's crazy. They ask about you every week. I got to tell my kids. My kids are like, we don't care. They just really could care less, you know. Mine they care more about the singing part of me than that, the acting side all day long. Mine doesn't care either. Get out of here. She doesn't know. She don't know. She don't, don't know. Care I don't think. It's like you was you was friends with Urkel. What? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Poppy from the Trolls. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So I'm not one of these cartoons. I'm, so when you walk down the street, people still run up to you and ask you for your autograph, I'm sure. Oh, no, it's amazing. Like, it's COVID. We wear masks. Oh, COVID. They don't know you still look like you with a mask on. Sometimes when people hear my voice or if they like look at me too hard, they might say something, but COVID has given me the freedom that I've never had before in my life. Really, Cherry? So you were captive to the celebrity? I am in love with COVID. What? <laughs> that can be a whole podcast in and of itself based on what Cardi B just said. Like I literally empathize with her. Not that I've ever had that happen to me, but I empathize with her from the perspective of not being able to just do what you love to do. Like, let me go to Target really quick and get freaking tampons or whatever, the freedom. You have to literally think about moves like that. Is someone going to watch me and judge me based on this brand and not a recyclable brand? Oh, well, you know me. I don't care about that. That's what I'm saying. But, but can you imagine with social media today? Yeah. Imagine you yeah. on Punky with social media. Yeah. How much more traumatic would that have been for you, Soleil and Amy? It's still, it's, it's still real. Um, it's one of the reasons why I moved. I won't say where I moved on here, but it's one of the reasons why I left California so that I could feel like I have a life. Damn. Yeah. But I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let Courtney. Okay. Okay. Well, no, I, I want to, I'm, I'm only going to ask a couple questions and I'm going to let y'all do y'all thing. But uh, what did you think about the reboot? To be honest, I never saw the reboot. I didn't even know the reboot was on because it was on Peacock, yeah. right? Yeah. So after I spoke with Cher actually Kavita, uh, Cherry's cousin's, Cherry's cousin's sister's cousin reached out to me um, 
it made me go online to research what everybody was doing. And I had just found out there was ever a reboot. And I was oh. reading about the, the, um, the characters, how they evolved. And I was quite shocked to learn that it was gone because yeah. of the fan base. I'm like, how can Punky not even have a real chance? That's crazy to me. Yeah. I don't think a lot of fans knew, just like you didn't know. I didn't know. Girl, let me tell you something. Even though I was on the show, I was always a Punky fan prior to that. Really? Always. Um, I never told you the story. When I moved to LA in the sixth grade, I was 10 years old. I lied and told the all, the all white group of kids in my class that I was on Punky Brewster. Punk, no, Punky was my friend. I know Punky. I, I lied. I literally spoke it into existence just to be accepted in this all white group. When I was nine, I dressed like Punky for Halloween. I did not even know that I would ever obviously be on the show. But when that happened, I was like, I must have just spoke that up because literally I was on the freaking show. But you totally never Punky you. fan, totally Punky fan. Love Punky Brewster. Loved her. Wow. Loved you with your little belts on the little thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so it was quite interesting to me to know that that show didn't stay on. I don't know. Why did? Why do you think it, it, it was gone? Honestly, I feel like maybe there were a lot of different elements. Uh, COVID was mm -hmm. at the top of the game when we were trying to film. So it was super expensive because mm -hmm. sometimes they were COVID testing us two times a day. So that's 180 people. They mm -hmm. were COVID testing twice a day, trying to keep people away from each other. Um, there was a lot of like, you know, extra gear that came into it and a lot of protocols that wouldn't usually have to happen. Mm -hmm. Not only that, um, I don't think Peacock really spent a lot of um, marketing money. And I, I thought, Peacock and did not know that it was on Peacock. I think that they thought that the press that Soleil and I did, which we did tons, we spent a whole month, really? nothing but interviews all day, every day. But I don't think that it was enough, you know, to get people out there. So I, I wish we would have had a little bit more marketing money behind us, but maybe our marketing money went to keeping us safe during COVID. Yes. Yes. You know. So it's hard, but Selena would love to come back and like do a movie. And I will tell you that there were talks about you actually coming back in season two. Yeah, well, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what I was thinking as I think of Paula, I think because she went down that road, she was an artist, right? And so with the character, there's so many ways we could go with Paula and make her so relevant today. Paula could be a big time esthetician. Because we have to keep it demographically with our people. Like, that's what we do now. Paula just has so much potential. And every show needs a fuck up. Or a somebody who, but who literally went from not being able to read to this boss entrepreneur girl doing lashes for celebrities. I don't know. But it's, it's, we, her character could be a lot of fun. Well, season two, Cherry was supposed to get married. And yes, and what relatives did Cherry have? I had you and grandma, and, and grandma's gone. Mm. And I had Marilyn McCoo was my aunt Marilyn, and then your the little only character I ever remember you having. Yeah, that's it. That's all I had. Hey, what was your mother on the show? Dead. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm traumatized all this time. Your mom died. My mom and my dad. They died on their way to pick me up from school. No way, that's traumatic. In a car crash, yeah. So what did Cherry end up doing with her life? 
gotta watch it and see. Did she ever have therapy? That is traumatic. Um, I don't think so. So now you're literally all alone. No, I have Funky. And me, honey, you got me. This is crazy. <laughs> no, Courtney, like, what do you think about Cherry not having family? I didn't even realize you didn't have family. And then Henry has to be gone because he was 106. Yeah. Oh, and well, that's what I wanted to know. What what, what would your character have? Because uh, her character, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it, but I guess I can. But her character is a lesbian, so I want to know uh-huh. what would what would. I'm queer. Which yeah, she's queer. Yeah, that's right. Because I did read that. So yeah, so she's getting married, and then are you guys gonna have kids? Are y'all gonna adopt? I work at. Oh my god, we could go so we could go so many places with Paula. Yes. If we if we make Paula urban, right? Which I think we need an urban element to the show because we, we have to. We're living I in black boys. I have to be urban. Yeah. Um. I mean, I easily could be the other side of me, be this financial advisor as I am, but I think Paula would be so much more dynamic, having a queer cousin, being urban. Just it could be like Harlem. The show Harlem. We need that. <laughs> We got to bring it in, reel it in to make funky relatable to us, Cherry, our women today, what we're dealing with today. So either I'm going to be the mom with a whole lot of kids, married, which I am, or we're going to be the single cousins and I can't keep a man and you've got a woman and we're just trying to figure all of this out in the process. Sounds like they need to get on the ball and get make this happen. No, we can make, we can make. We can make this work because we have to tap into everyone who were punky fans will watch this show. Well, guess what? I think you and I have some work to do. We do. And maybe we just can't use the characters' names, even though there's a thin line because that is my name. (laughs) Um, But rightfully, they own the characters. Mm. But they don't own the women. They don't own the women. And you technically are cherry, regardless so even if it was drawn up on somewhat of a reality show, but not really. But kind you, of. You really are a cherry. I am. So they don't own that. No. And you have just as much of a following as Soleil. Because I always saw you and her as equal parts. And you're my cousin. Like, yeah. since day oh, one. Yeah. Now, would Soleil be part of this reboot? I, I mean, I would love Soleil to do. I would love to see Soleil every day for the rest of my life. And Amy was such an intricate piece to this whole puzzle too. Freaking love Margot. Okay, Amy's amazing. She is. She has to. Whatever happened to the white boy Allen? I'm trying to get him on, but it's because so- I loved him too. <laughs> I've been trying to get Casey Ellison on for years. He's actually working still in the business. Wow. I don't remember if he's a grip or a gaffer, but he keeps a show. And every time I try to like contact him, he's yeah. a lock. Damn. At least he's making these coins. Yeah, I'm not mad at him at all, but we will have Casey. I wonder if they people would be interested in, I mean, I don't know how much of your private life you would want to delve into. Do I have a private life? Uh, no. Well, in some sense, because you're not in LA. So you've got a little bit. But I wonder if that would be, I don't wonder, I know that would be captivating because if people are still asking about me, yeah, even like people from my hometown, Buffalo, who all watch the show, whenever I go home, hell, they treat me again like I'm you or Soleil. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? It's short lived for me, so I enjoy every minute. But 
They're really interested. They love the show. Oh. I didn't know you were from Buffalo. Yes, born and raised. Talk to me about uh, what happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, how does that affect in their community and everything? Oh, it, it affects everyone to everyone. So my mother-in-law called me and said, are you okay? As if it was someone in my immediate family. And I said, I'm fine. I'm still waiting. Like that was the most nerve wracking hour to two hours when we just learned about it because we were waiting for everybody to hit us up on Facebook. Yeah. So my mom had preached because my mom's a pastor. She preached in Buffalo six months ago. And Mama Pearl, the oldest lady that passed away, was in the, in the audience. So she was she was there. I think she took communion with them. So and it's so many. My one, my best friend from elementary school up to middle school, her sister was the manager of Tops and her sister daughter, her sister's daughter was a cashier, literally witnessed the whole thing. The sister, the daughter got under the um, register and it was like where you keep the trash. She hid under there. The manager hid in the management upstairs, but like, that's crazy. Her name is Frances, her and her daughter. So it was hitting home for me because I knew people who were in tops. I shopped there when I was young. <sighs> but what really just turns me to a whole nother side, especially living in this racist South that I live in, is how it came and went so quickly. That was one of the number, what is it, the number one massacre for African-Americans? In like years, and they say this many black people got killed. How how long did they talk about it? They talked about Will and Jada far longer. Hmm. So it's just like, had it been a, a bunch of others, I think we'd still be talking about it. We'd be pro boycotting guns in the street, you know. So yeah. yeah I'm sorry, y'all. People went through that. It yeah. was horrible. It was really, really horrible. Yeah, it's very horrible. But when I came home from New York, I, I rode in a car with some people from London and they were expressing just how awful they felt for Americans. And he just was like, I just don't understand why you all won't get rid of the guns. I don't like in your, your United Kingdom, we don't go through this. We don't even understand why it keeps happening. And it was really embarrassing. I sat there like really embarrassed I being an American. I've had those conversations with Canadians and my answer was being black in America, I mm. can't trust my own government without my gun. Because mm. I believe that one of the reasons that we stay safe. Because we have them. Because we have them. Yeah. That's the That's only the reason why they don't come in and try to, you know, take us back a hundred years you're right. And it's not going to be so easy. Because that's what kept us enslaved were the guns. You're right. That's a good point. Yeah. The guns in the Bible. The guns in the Bible. That's a whole nother conversation. Yes, it is. <laughs> Go on all day with the Bible. Okay. I said they loved us so much that they wanted to save us from eternal damnation. So they gave us the one book that could keep us alive forever. But while on earth. They wanted to make it hell, but they loved us so much. You could have this holy book to save your soul from damnation, but don't read any of these other books. And then told the world that we were illiterate and we did not know how to read or write, but they learned mathematics from us. Mm. They learned mm -hmm. language from us. We just did not know their language. So we were never illiterate. Right. We were just stuck mm. around foreigners. Mm. And didn't know their language. But they don't see that part of this. No, no, no. We already had a religion. You saw them praying on the Amistad. They was making Salat. We didn't even need any of their anything. 
Hell, we God put all the, the richest resources on earth came from Africa. We just still, still does. Still does. Yeah. See, this is all cherry and Paula. See how we educating people? We educating people and they don't even know. They don't even know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so just to, to refresh your mind, Courtney, the cousin that she's talking about that reached out to her is I know. I I, I wasn't gonna go there, but I I, I remember that. <gasps> Wait, what? Please go back, rewind. I don't know if you, like, Courtney actually uses as a clip. Okay, so when I was a young girl, uh huh, I was having a conversation with my cousin. Okay, and which one? The one that called oh, you. Okay. And I was like, so what do I need to do to make sure these niggas ain't gonna be talking about me in the street and everything? And she was like, you can control the whole situation, boo. It's my big cousin, you know, always put me up on game. Kovita, here we go again, bringing it back. So Kovita's a queen when it comes to Cherry's World podcast. Are you kidding me? No, I might have to have her on one day. You absolutely do. There's so much she taught me about life in men. Yes. She was giving Nala tips. Like every time she comes, she got a new boo in her life. Nala's like, so who are you dating now? Kavita's like, honey, and baby, you know, depending on her name at that time. You know, she changes her name depending on who she's And she's with. gorgeous. Beautiful. She's Beautiful. Absolutely. She's gorgeous. She's sensual. Have you ever mm-hmm. met somebody, Courtney, that just oozes sex? That's her. She oozes sex. She does. She'll have you really sitting there questioning, am I gay? Am I not? No, I can't be. But she's so always beautiful, just in every respect. And then she got her teeth done, so you really can't tell her anything now. Yes. She's fabulous. She is a character. Yeah, she okay. definitely is. I wanted to be her when I grew up. My, my daughter has the mole. No. Yes. Is it real? She has a real mole, oh, not yeah. the Janet Jackson mole. Oh no, she's got. I was gonna say, if you want a mole, we could get you a mole. That is I mean, no problem. No, my okay. daughter. I wanted it. I used to draw it on. If you watch some family matters, like I was inconsistent. Ah. Sometimes it was on this side. Sometimes it was on this side. Sometimes it was gone. That's hilarious. Are you serious? <laughs> and my daughter has it. She has it naturally. Yes. That's crazy. See, you manifested that mold, the power. In the manifestation, see? Yes, because we have a few relatives who have that mole and I didn't get it, but my daughter has it. And I'm like, ooh. That's crazy. Hey, talk. tell everybody what you've been doing since, so, since the last Sunday scene. Oh my gosh, my life has. So literally I woke up this morning. You ever just wake up in a complete state of humility? Yeah. This morning when I woke up, I was just in a complete state of humility. It, it could come from maybe you had a, a bad experience and you're just grateful to be alive. But today I literally woke up for no in particular reason, just completely humble and grateful because God has just been so good to me, honestly. And, and I know people say that, but I literally, it was just a real like, get up, yawn, stretch. Like, man, God has been good to me. Like my daughter just graduated with her master's at 23 years old from NYU. Um, she got her undergrad from Howard. She did all this through the pandemic. So we just celebrated her. My son, Dean's List at Howard University, full scholarship. That's child number two with a full scholarship. And then my my youngest son, um, 4.1 GPA, big time D1 basketball player, hoping to go D1, have all these opportunities with these elite camps that he's going to visit. We just visited Georgetown. So there's just so many 
wonderful things happening with my children. And Cherry, as you know, as a mom, you take credit for that. Yeah. Children soar. You're looking at yourself like, damn. I'm really? doing it. I'm, I'm doing, doing it. it. I'm doing it. And so, so that's, those are the kids. So they're just doing amazing. Everybody's thriving. We'll jump to hubby. Then we'll get to me. Then I'm grateful because I literally married the love of my life. Like I've been married in love with him since I was a teenager, 14, 15 years old. We're married 26 years. And I'm not talking little marriage. I'm talking 26 years, happy marriage, right? Like no separations in between, just grinding it out, willing and dealing, just making it work, but happy, you know, right? Dope. Blessing. That's something to really be grateful about. Yes, yeah. Mom is still alive, doing well. My career is doing amazing. And I'm a financial advisor. And being an African-American financial advisor is scarce. But being a female, Black, African-American uh, financial advisor is like, who, where they at? Because there aren't many of us. When I go to leaders conferences, they're like three amongst thousands of white men. So when I say I have a seat at the table as it relates to money, I do. And I'm so grateful for that. But that's why I woke up in the state of humility, because God has really implanted me in a position in my life where I can be a, a, a present mom throughout all my kids years. When I go to pastries for parents, you know, muffins for moms, I was able to do all that and still maintain a career like this for 15 years graduated from University of Georgia. I didn't even know what I was going to school for because I used to sing with Whitney Houston. And so I was a background vocalist singing with her, Macy Gray, Kelly Price, all these artists. That's kind of where my career shifted from acting really into singing. So I didn't really know when we moved here to Georgia, I was like a stay-at-home mom, but I can't be a stay-at-home mom because that's not what I do. You know, I'm, I'm about it. I, I have to I have to live with purpose and do something. Not that staying at home isn't a purpose, but I needed more than just waiting for my child to go to sleep, wake up, you know. So I decided to just apply to UGA because I'd already had an associates from Los Angeles City College. And y'all, it took me 10 years to get my bachelor's, 10. Mm. But I always tell people it's not the destination, it's the journey, baby. Just enjoy the ride. Mm. 10 years, I was just telling a young girl that today, 10 years it took me to get your bachelor's. She was like, oh, I'm not going to put it on Facebook because I said, it doesn't matter. You finished, right? So I, was I went to PCC, Los Angeles City College, Glendale Community College, because every time I'd go back to school register, I get called out to do a gig. And so I remember I was in my freshman year. I went to Europe with Whitney and, I, and my professor said, write, a, write an essay about the, the journey. So I was able to pass that class just from touring. But you know, that's LA, they'll work with you. So finally finished UGA, got the first job I applied for right out of school, which is what I'm doing now. Had no idea what the hell I was doing, y'all. No idea. I was like, what, what do I do? He said, you just need to meet people. I said, well, I can do that. And so I was rookie of the year my first year doing this business. Oh. And that's pretty big. And from there, you kind of get the clout. So all the senior advisors send the new people under you. So, and I've just... And so the cool thing is I'm able to help black people with their money matters. Rappers, athletes, regular working people, people who are just trying to figure out where do I put the freaking stimulus money? What do I do with the check? They call me, here's what you do. Because we need to know this stuff. 
So that's that's just what I've been doing. That's dope. Yeah. How how can they find you? Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, Victoria Laurie. Um, I'm on Facebook, but if they Google my name, Victoria Laurie Financial Advisor, all my information pops up. I'm with the Piedmont Group of Atlanta. My, all of my business pops up, Cherry, like my disclosures, my credit score, everything about me financially and personally is all public information because I deal with investments. Wow. So right now I have about 20 to $30 million under assets in management. Mm. Congratulations. Yeah. So I'm really excited. People always say, so we were thinking about moving back to LA. Yes. We literally just put our house on the market um, two weeks ago. We have no idea where we're going. For the first time in life, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Oh like they, the, the, the real estate lady said, your home's going to sell in two weeks. It's on a lake with two little boats. It's going to sell in two weeks. Where are you going? I said, I have no freaking clue. Because I, my youngest son, he'll be a senior next year. We don't know whether we want to stay in Georgia or go back to LA. I don't know. All my family's there. And we're going to rent for one year until we figure it out. So we'll take the profit from the house because the home is like double the, what we pay. We're, I mean, it's the right. best time to sell. And we're going to just go and live. My kids are all in school pretty much. So I'll be empty nesting. I have a question. Yeah. Can we like go back? You said you've been in love with your husband since mm -hmm. you were a teenager. 15. How hard was it to find a relationship growing up in the entertainment business that was real? Very hard because you know me and Shar dated a lot of the same people. No, Darius McCrary. Excuse me. Excuse me. Didn't mean to name drop. Yes, I love it. So I'll never forget. I went to the set with my mom. He That's called Jerry's me. husband. You know. Oh, in real life? No. <laughs> oh, yes. So let me tell you about your boy. You weren't on Family Matters when I went to the set. You hadn't been on yet. That is hilarious. He invited me to the set. He was like, yeah, come. I mean, he and I had the same acting coach, Kevin McDermott. I don't know if you ever center stage LA. I don't know if you had him. So all of the up and coming actors, we all went to the same acting coach. Uh, Darius was in there. Karen Ward was in there. All these, Tasha Scott was in there. All these. Yeah. Yes. So we all went to, we'd say, oh, I had an audition. It went well. I got a third call. Back to so Darius had just booked Family Matters. We clapped for him. But he always wanted to do scenes with me. Oh, and I was yeah, like, sure. Oh, and then after the scene, they want to hug and kiss. And my boobs are starting to fill out. So he always want to hug tight. And I'm like, they're growing. You're, you're, you're trampling the growth. Stop it, right? <laughs> but yeah, we dated him together. Not together, but I was dating him. And she, that was her boyfriend. And it was another guy we dated in the business. It was like circular. Everybody. Who was the other guy? I'm Scooter. Was it a boy named Scooter? Yes! Scooter. Um, who else? I dated a lot of white guys. David Mendenhall. I, I, don't, I don't I don't know that. Yeah, white guy. Yeah. That is hilarious. Mm -hmm. But you know what? That's the circuit. And that's why I told Courtney, a lot of us, I never dated the ones that you guys dated, but a lot of us dated the same people because male groupies are real. It's so real. I didn't have any groupies because I wasn't famous like you and even shy with Moesha. But I, I, you know, I held my own in the midst of it all. I, 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 I think that you didn't notice your groupies. Oh, really? But I know for a fact that. I mean, hell, I remembered you. So. You <laughs> did? How yeah. is that possible? I mean, hell, I, I watched the show. 
Well, all I know is, so I dated Marlon Wayans for a short stint. So I think as I got older, that's when, that's when I noticed, okay, I'm doing a little something because Will Smith actually, I was actually working waiting tables in between gigs and Will Smith had asked me, what time did I get off? And him and Cherie had just separated. And you mean yes. you could be Jada or you would be Vicky? Yes, I know. And then I thought my, so the bartender was like, she was freaking out in the peripheral. So he ordered an egg salad sandwich and some chips. And I'm like, he was like, you kind of cute. What time you get off? And I was like, I ended up long story short. He ended up leaving his number. I thought he wouldn't dare. Right. I left early that day. He left his number. I called. It was the number to the set. Fresh Prince of Valera set. So they were like, he's on set. It was his writer that got on the phone. I ended up dating the writer on the show. Because I went up there, Will had left. He wasn't thinking about me. He was like, come on up. No, the set will be, your shoot will be over. I was like, I'm at the Bell Golf Course. He left his number. Girl, I ended up dating. Then, then the director, the writer, had a lawsuit for sexual harassment. But we dated for a good three months, four months. Yeah. Was hanging out with Alfonso. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yep. So those were the days. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then I was in that little crew. Every time I go to Marlon's house, Omar Epps would be there and all the other dudes, you know. But I really, I like Marlon. That was oh. my He always had a nice smell. Yeah. But still couldn't compare to my husband either way. With all the celebrity, didn't even matter. So, how did you meet your husband? And how did you know that he was the one? I met my husband. He was sitting with Walona from Good Times, that's his grandmother. And she was sitting in Pizza Man on Kling in Toluca Lake, and he was sitting with her eating pizza. My sister said, oh my God, there's Walona from Good Times. And I said, I don't care, who is she with? Drop dead gorgeous, finest man I've ever seen in my whole entire life. He is very oh. handsome. And in 19, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> Just go, you know, someone literally in the movies when the heart comes out and the Flair Flintstone, when he's like, Arr! that's how I felt because he was just so good looking. It was all lustful. It, 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 no substance there, just all based on looks. Come to find out his biological dad lived right next door to us, my family, and was good friends with my father. They used to kick it on the block, I guess, outside of the townhouses. Of he just knew my dad. So I saw him again sitting on a stoop on Kling Street, right off of Pass Avenue in Glendale, in Burbank, sitting on a stoop, I walked right by him and thought, oh my gosh, it's him. But it gets even better. So I'm like, hey, he's like, hey, hey, mama. He's from, he's from, originally from Long Island. So he's got that New York swag, but he was raised in Georgia. So he's like, hey, mama, how you doing? I was like, I'm good, freaking out. Like, oh my God, is that? I was with my friend like, oh my God, he's the finest thing. So anyway, his best friend ended up dating my sister, my oldest sister. So he was at my house every single day, eating my mama's food because she cooked and his mother lived in Georgia. He was there living with his biological dad. So dad never cooked. My mother would always cook and Farad would always come over. Hey, your mama cooked today? She sure did. What you need, boo? So he would come over with, with his best friend who was dating my sister and I was smitten every single day. He would just be in my face and never paid me any attention, Cherry. What? He was five years older than me. So I was 15. He was like almost 20. He was like, little girl, get out of here. 
I had no chance in hell. And he had the most prettiest women. Well, he dated Shanice, remember, for like three years. Wow. They were a major item. Major. She wrote you know, I was so oblivious to whatever she wrote. A, she wrote a whole album about their breakup. 21 Ways to Grow, all about my husband and me. And how that song, I know I couldn't walk out this way. Yeah, yeah. That's for me. <laughs> That's the song right there. Yeah, that was about him. She couldn't, she had to leave because his heart was with me. Damn. Yeah, she a whole album about it. And it was just meant to be. It was, you know, no malice when we see her in Flex, it's all love. But um, it was just meant to be. And when I turned nine, I moved because my dad got cancer. We moved back to New York. He passed away. When I moved back to L.A. after I graduated high school, he stayed in touch because he worked with my oldest sister. And when he found out I was back, he just showed up at my doorstep. And was like, it's time to just do this. And we got married when I was like 20 years old. Mm. I remember you were young. He scooped you up and you disappeared for a while. I couldn't find you. Goodbye. Sayonara. Because boo was calling. It's just like, you ever have somebody in your life, when they got you, they got you. And it's you can't shake it. That's the thing. Love is the most uncontrollable emotion. You hate it. You almost feel victim like shit. I don't want to love you anymore. I went through it. Don't get it wrong. We went through more dating than we ever did marry. Like I went, I paid my dues. But it's when you love, it's like, that's why they say love is blind. Love is dumb. All of that is true because you succumb to that weakness. It takes over you. And it's the most amazing ride, but you're completely vulnerable. Mm. And that's the beauty in it. To really submit, to have yourself completely submitted to that one emotion. It's it's the beauty in love. That's why it to me is the most amazing thing. You really find it because there is nothing better. Nothing can surpass that unconditional giving and selfless um, feeling, selfless love, that devotion you have to someone else. I, and it doesn't happen often. It's truly rare. And thank God, because can you imagine if you were really in love with every single person you dated? No, messed up in this world, right? <laughs> I, and I'm going to be honest, I've never loved any other man. I know because in comparison, I've never, I've never been that vulnerable and, and free to just allow my emotions to go and just be so helpless in wanting the best for somebody. That's why they say when you love someone, let it go. Because ultimately, when you really do love someone, you're okay with losing them because you love them that much to just let them pursue their happy. Even if it's to your unhappiness, it's okay. So, yeah. Oh, but so baby, he is good. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't let it go. I can't let it go. No, I'm just kidding. I'm good. <laughs> I love it. I think that's the sweetest thing and the sweetest story ever. Yeah, it's a real Cinderella story. So my, like my son just told my husband, my son, my husband was like, yo, man, you got a cute girl we saw at the movies with another guy. My husband was pissed. Like, what the, is she cheating on a mod? And I'm like, mind your business. Act like you don't see her. So I'm trying to act like I don't see my <laughs> girlfriend because I don't want to embarrass her. I don't know what they're, I know how this whole new way of dating, nobody's exclusive. You're yeah. not exclusive until you're freaking married. Any other than that, game on, do yeah. you. 
that's just the way it works today. My husband doesn't get that. He's so old school. So anyway, long story short, he was telling my son, yo, she was there with another guy. If you're okay with that, okay. But I don't understand how, what y'all are doing. So my son was like, listen, I just don't know if she's the one. He's like, man, I like her a lot. My husband was telling my son, we like her. She's a nice girl. He said, yeah, but she ain't mom. And I was like, well, boo, good luck with that. You better just <laughs> let it go. But he was like, she ain't mom. Like, I don't know if I can make her my girl, girl, because I'm looking for mom. Like my son literally said he's looking for me and his mate. So in a way I was like, oh my God, I love him. But then I was like, that's hard because I'm a grown woman. I wasn't the me you know me to be, wasn't me when I was 19. Right. That's what I'm, and he really thinks he's going to find a me in a 19 year old. You're not. I was like, that's mess. I mean, it's going to take a while. He's going to be like two decades. Come on. So, but to hear him say that, it was like, dang, he, he, he wants that. He wants our love story. Even my daughter's like, is it going to happen? I want that. Like, this ain't really normal. Everybody does. Vicki? Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Yes. For the people out there that do want that love story, what's the best marriage advice that you can give someone? Oh, it's so much. That is such a loaded question. Men are simple beings. We are the complicated ones. Oh, say that again. Thank you. Men are simple Thank you. beings. We are the complicated ones. Oh, man. Men rarely gossip. Men typically have the same friends forever because they rarely gossip. Men don't require much. Men are universal. That's the beauty in being a woman. We're so different and unique. But men, honestly, are universal creatures. I really believe that if you want to keep a marriage, a marriage is like a business. You always got to do inventory check. What what do I need? It's like a car you buy. I don't care if it's a classic. It will not run if you don't do maintenance on it. Mm -hmm. I don't care how much you pay for that $100,000 car. It will be a piece of shit in 10 years if you don't do maintenance on it. Okay? You have to do an inventory check, just like a business. The product you were selling 10 years ago may not be what the consumers want today. So if you don't bring something new and innovate, what's going to happen? Somebody going to go shop elsewhere right? That's just the natural mind of even us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's just how it goes. You got to keep it moving. Keep it, keep it shaking. I switch my haircut. I try to, I can't rock the same. Who would want that? It's the, uh, it's a business. You're not going to get the same thing every time. So you got to flip it up a little bit. Um, a lot of times our husbands or, or mates or partners are right in front of us and we don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally, that's why you find people go back. They divorce and they go back and get somebody they knew way back when, because that's when all motives were pure. It wasn't based on six feet tall, six figure salary, body, D, P, whatever the hell you like. It wasn't based on anything, but I like you. Yeah. Like you. So we have to get back into take it. We have to go into it with a blank slate again, like an etch a sketch, shake it, start over. and start anew. Can I just have a normal conversation with you? Can we just talk about a movie we just saw and laugh? Quote a, quote a scene from the movie and laugh or eat cereal at night and just talk to each other. 
Those are the moments that make marriages work. Because when I'm mad at you, but I want to go see this new release film, you're the first person I want to go with. So we gotta make we gotta make up real quick so we could go catch catch Top Gun next week. I'm not fighting with you on Friday because I'm going to the movies with you. It's stuff like that, you know. But but back to the simple creatures. The reason why I say this is because it took me years to figure this out. Men are simple because they don't really require much. There's two things that every man requires. Well, really three. So it's three things that every man in this world, in my opinion, requires from a woman. Every partner, see, if you, if two women, we're different, that's going to be complicated. And I don't know about that, but I'm just telling you what I know. Three things. I'm taking notes. Feed them. You got that? Feed them. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. I knew that was coming. That's why I put the thing down. Ready for the last one? Yeah. And shut the fuck up. Yep. I repeat, feed them, fuck them, and shut the fuck up because we talk too much. We do. We want to talk about every goddamn thing. Let's talk. You want to talk about it? No, they don't. They really don't because for them, it's over. Let it go. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we manifest things way too deep. Call your girlfriend and talk about it with her. Men, you feed them, you screw them. They really want to let it go. Whatever it was, they really want to let it go right there. And if the problem you had was really serious to you and you wanted to fix it, fuck them, you tell them, and then you shut the fuck up. Because they got it. They Am I lying, Courtney? Is this making sense to you? You okay. the best. Thank you. <laughs> it's just that simple. That should be a title of a book. Feed right the Shut the fuck up. And right right this is experience I had to learn. I didn't do any of these things. I fed them up, but I never shut the fuck up. It took me years to realize all I had to do was shut, just let it go. We we talk, especially black women. We talk yeah. too much. Yeah. Why do we always feel we have to prove a point to be right? You know, you literally can be right and say nothing. You can literally be right and say, you're right. You can be right and say you're right. And that's that. And get your point across in some other kind of way. Be strategic. Because we honestly really are the smartest ones in the relationship, but the dumbest ones at the same time. Because we Man, have all you need to be on TV one. Like, yeah, seriously. we have all the resources, but we don't utilize what we got. Like you need to be on the view. You need to be. I mentor like, young people all the time. Like you're doing this all wrong. Like, seriously. Because I I listen to my husband and I listen to his friends' complaints. They all I swear to you, uh, his best friend is Armenian. And he's got another best friend, Southern New York. He's got friends of all kind. They all say the same thing. Wife is Thai. I mean, so I know it's universal. That's why I said it doesn't matter who and what. These men are complaining about the same exact shit. But here's the crazy part. We women complain about the same stuff too. Amongst each other. But it's like, can't we just, that's why they say men are from Mars, women are from Venus, because it's true. But if we learn how to not manipulate you all, but just how to deal with our mates, it will make our lives happier. And, 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 and we're going to really, grab all the greatness that this life has to offer because it won't be so convoluted in the bullshit, the fighting, the bickering. It's like, we can just, we really can get along if we just follow, follow some real easy steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing, men don't want to hear all of the mundane complaints and nagging. They really don't. Cause half the time we women, we just want to complain about something and then move on. We just want to be like, girl, do you believe it? Tell your husband, tell your husband that he's winning. <laughs> She'll be like, bruh, bruh. 
Right. It took years, but you know why I know the reason I didn't come up with this on my own. This information came from I feel like the movie Taraji Henson, What Men Want. Remember that movie when she could hear what they were saying? Yeah. That's how I feel when I talk to my husband because I've known him so long. And he literally played the role as like big brother to me for years before we ever really started dating. We can talk like this. And he literally like, yo, you tripped on that. I've never had anybody keep it real with me. And I'm at, imagine having like a male mentor that kept it real with you all your adolescence. I'm 20 years old. Like, yo, you fucked that up real bad. I'm like, bro, dude, he's like, yo, you're going to have to. But he was really like, and all in the while was learning men. Because he'd be like, yo, this is no right here. I mean, it was just like, and he would just tell me, be wise on how you deal with men. And it never came from me. He never was like, you need to deal with me like this. He always made it more global. Like, women need to just be easy. Talk to me a little more easy. Come, yeah. come at me a little more chill. Be mindful how you talk to me, what you say to me, and the words you use. And we've been a counseling one time in 26 years. Yeah. That one couples therapy session we had was with an elderly man named Imam Pasha. He's a Muslim preacher. They call him Imams. And the words resonated with both of us. We never forgot it. He said, words are like nails. When you put a nail in the wall, even though you pull it out, it's still a hole in the wall. Mm -hmm. And you can never, that hole will be in that wall for years and years to come. Until you do what? Patch it up. You literally have to patch a hole up. You can't, or hang a picture over it and cover it up. But that hole is still there. Those are your words. And he says, be mindful what you speak and say to your mate. And so, and he, the last thing he left me with was he used the analogy of like a police officer coming to your home. If a police officer comes to your home and knocks on the door like this, like, who is it? Because of that knock, your, your defenses are up. And immediately you like grabbing your, clutching your purse. Who is it? It's the police. You scared. What the freak happened? Right. You peeking through the hole. He said, but what if the police came to your house? Same message to be delivered. But they came to your door. Ding dong. you like, oh, who at the door? Right. No defense. You open. Hey, you may not even look through the peacoats. I'm like, ding dong. He said it was the approach. Same message being delivered. But that knocking that ding dong. So he was saying, you're more open to hear because the approach was delicate and soft. I said, well, goddamn. <laughs> I said, what is this? Did we just sit back? I was like, no. I was like, you keep it when you have a message to deliver, you come with a ding dong. Hey, <laughs> let's talk about come it. Come with a ding dong. Come with a ding dong. I got so, you. Yeah. I absolutely positively adore you. Oh, I'm so cool. happy that people got to see like a side of you that I grew up with. Yes. <laughs> I got a quick question though. What was it like uh, working with uh, Whitney? Oh my gosh. You make me cry. Oh. So when I first met Whitney, it was amazing. When I first met Whitney, I cried literally because I used to sing her songs growing up just to get gigs and stuff. So to see her, to be singing with her was like, are you real? She grabbed my hand and she said, baby girl, eat some wings. She, we played spades together, ate hot wings together. That's the first time I met her at Hot Wings Cafe in Vienna, Austria. That's where I flew in for the tour. And Bobby bought everybody rounds. And she was like the homegirl 
the same way Cherry and I are talking right now, that was Whitney on first meet. She would be like this, what's up girl? The home girl, like you didn't see, Whitney was show. Nippy, her nickname, that was Whitney. That was the girl from Jersey, that was Nippy. Like I didn't, we never saw Whitney until we were on stage. I just knew Nippy. And she just happened, Nippy just happened to fall into Whitney. No, Nippy was just blessed with an angelic voice. Do, do you believe, um, Bobby said on a recent interview that if they would have stayed together, she would still be alive right now. You believe that? That's questionable. I do. That's questionable. I tell you what, they had a love like no other. Like that was some real down home love. I would have said I can Tina love, but I just saw Tina on Broadway just this past week and I learned things about her and like I never knew. I'm just still trauma. I'm still processing that. But when I'm saying that ghetto, down home, I will kill for you, love. Yeah. Bobby and Whitney loved each other. Um, I think because of all the people that surrounded her and allowed her to do the things she did for so long, honestly, I think by the time Bobby came around, it, it was done. I got, I got a follow-up question. So you have this uh, great marriage mm -hmm. did being around Whitney and Bobby did that have any uh influence on your marriage at all did you bring any of that with you um when you first got together um well I had already been married for about three well, I was married for three years when we went on tour with them okay um I enjoyed seeing their realness with each other so my husband and I played spades with Whitney and Bobby after the show Okay. We would go in the bar downstairs after a performance. One or two in the morning, we play spades. We all just, we were cool. We loved hanging out. I like, I like them as a couple. Okay. She would jump on his back. I mean, we had fun. And I was sad they broke up. I really was sad. Were you sad, Cherry, when they broke yes, up? Yes, I can cry right now. I, I love it. <laughs> know we, when Whitney loved him so much, you guys, because Bobby's career was kind of falling off when Whitney was on tour in 99. But she would give him a leg of her tour, depending on which country we were in. She would allow him to do his show during... Can you imagine paying for Whitney tickets and seeing the Bobby Brown show? Those people in Germany were cussing us out. Are you serious? I would be thrilled. Girl, Bobby got mad because we didn't know half of his songs because Whitney just sprung it, on, sprung it on us. I think we knew Roni and Prerogative. But man, every little step I take and all them other ones, we tore it. We messed that up. People were so mad. but So they didn't know any of his songs. They were like throwing stuff on the stage. Um, this was in Leipzig, Germany. They were really, really hell hitting the racist over there. But oh. they didn't know any of his stuff. But when I tell you we didn't care, we incorporated who that, who that, who that, who that, who that, who that, who in the show, we had a ball. And Whitney would turn into Nippy and come out on stage after she just did I Will Always Love You and would come out on stage and just get crunk during Bobby's whole set. Wow. So it was so fun. Like she was in the club. And I mean, who does that? They just, she, she didn't care. The promoters could have been mad. Like, really? She didn't care. I'm I giving my baby his due. Remember she used to get on stage Talking about the king of R&B all the time. She was trying to convince us. Because we was like, I don't know. I mean, I like Romy, but I don't, I really don't know. But she was like, he the king. Oh. And he loved her boo. So oh, 
I was trying. My mom walked by and I kept going like this because I was trying to get her to clean. She doesn't know that you're on right now, but I'll have to tell her later. And my mother would flip if she saw her. She <laughs> loves you. And I'm so sorry that I didn't get them connected the last time. My mother like, loves your mother. As soon as I told her she wasn't feeling well, my mother started speaking in tones. Oh, my mom loves you. I'm not you. lying. My mom loves your mom too. And she asked, where is she at? Where's the baby? Tell her that she got all into it. Oh, did you go to Susan Garrett's funeral by any chance? No, I didn't. Dang. I, I wasn't. I loved her. I didn't have the information. Mm-hmm. I loved her too. And it's still. Did you grew up with her? That's grandma. Oh my gosh. That's grandma. And it's so funny. So quick story, really quickly. Before they picked, um, well, before they called me, they already knew that Punky was coming back, but I didn't know that Punky was coming back. Okay. I had called her son one morning and he said, what's wrong? And I was crying. And he's like, what is wrong with you? I was standing and I was getting dressed and I literally turned around because I heard her call me. Mm. I heard Cherry. Oh. And I said, yeah, grandma. You know how you just hear it? It's so natural. I said, yeah, grandma. And then I realized that she wasn't there. That's crazy. This was in July. And then I got a phone call like in August. That Punky was coming back, but I had had this whole conversation with her son for like two hours on the phone, laying on my floor in the bedroom, trying to hide from my kid crying. But I was like, wow, I think she was trying to tell me. We loved her. She was all of our grandmas. Are you kidding? We have to find a way to incorporate her spirit on the yeah. show, like our voice. So, you know, because how I lost my grandmother, both of them, in a matter of six months. And well, Walona, she died and that was Farad's grandma. And then my grandmother died. They died three months apart, November and February. And that was it for us, no more grandmas. And I called my grandmother every day on the way to work because I have a long commute. And to not have that word, words of advice every morning, it's like, dang, I miss that. I miss getting fed that wisdom that only a grandma could render. And we got to find a way to, incorporate that there's so many messages that people of our generation need to hear and need to give to this younger this younger crew write the book write 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 the book write the relationship and being a woman and the things that we need to, even if you have to write me letters okay yes we need it yeah i feel bad for the conventional marriage of just couples in general like the sustainability is lacking because the tools aren't there. The how-to tools, we need them, especially with social media. The freedom. Yeah. Well, I hope in uh, 12 years, my wife talks about me the same way you talks about, talk about your Are husband. you married, Courtney? Yeah, I've been married since 07. Oh, my gosh. You've been yeah. married for a minute. Yeah. But I hope, like what you said, 26. So I hope in 11 years, my wife feels the same way about me. Oh, my that you gosh. Feel about your husband. You have kids? Yeah, I got three of them. Oh, my. How old? Uh, 12, 9, and 7. Oh, my gosh. I have little kids. I feel like I started so early. Yeah. Courtney, were you an actor, too? No. Nah. <laughs> what do you do? I produce podcasts and everything. That's what? it. So I, don't do, I don't do much. I love it. He doesn't do much. He does everything. I <laughs> love this podcasting. This is like my second podcast I ever did. I did one for Bishop Long's wife. He's a big bishop out here. Okay. Yeah, um, I know Bishop Long. Come back. Huh? Come back. Come back. I'll come back. I love this. I'll come back anytime and just 
share my journey, my experience. Get some financial tips. I had a I had a uh, athlete got paid eighty eight million, one of the highest paid uh, linebackers in the NFL. Broke. Yeah. That was in '08. How do you how do you run through eighty million? Yeah, I don't even understand. But this, but you know why we want to bring all our people with us. But my husband, really quick, my husband made a mention. We were watching the NBA, the games. Yeah. Did y'all see Gucci Mane with that big old, what the freak? Can we stop this? That's you think it's real? You think it's real, though? Let me tell you, I do. No. I really do. I do. But it's annoy- it annoys me because from my perspective, I think, oh, my gosh. That is generational wealth you're wearing on your neck. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do we as Black people feel we have? There are no other people. Asian American, Hispanic, who, what other culture is doing that? Who, y'all? I've never seen a white man with a big ass medallion on their neck like that. It looks like a, a, a rim. What the fuck? I don't know. Can we stop? Yes. Doing that? Vicky, we got to let, let you go. We have somebody else coming on. But oh, I love you. Tell us again how they can find you. So you can go to the Piedmont group. I think it's massmutual.com slash you can Google the Piedmont group. And then you can put my name, Victoria Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y. My, my, my acting stuff will pop up. But if you put Victoria Lowry financial advisor, that's literally all you have to put in a Google search. All my information is going to pop up. And one more time before you go, uh, tell the ladies once again what they need, the three things they need to do. Three things, three Fs. Feed them. Fuck them and shut the fuck up. It's just that simple, ladies. You're hearing it from wifey herself. And if I'm willing to do it, you too can. So let's get to it. Love it. across the world. Welcome to Cherry's world. Heard across the world. Welcome to Cherry's world. Representing for every girl. Welcome to Cherry's world. Representing for every girl. Welcome to Cherry's World. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.